the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Pat Vitucci says, don't invest and forget. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Vitucci of Vitucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. Markets are off over 7,000 points since January. Mortgage applications down, consumer confidence up, Treasury Secretary Yellen may be out, and the bulls run, but are the bears here to stay? Welcome to this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that each and every week helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host, 30-plus year financial manager, author, Pat Vitucci, and I'm Craig Roberts. Well, Pat, it's certainly been another one of those crazy rides, and as much as we've been flirting with recessionary territory and the bull's going to be sidelined and the bears be up front, it certainly seems that way at the moment, although as we've learned with this market, things can change in the twinkling of an eye. Give us your sense overall of what's going on. Is this a combination of things, including pressure from supply chain issues, the ongoing problems with COVID in China, certainly the war in Ukraine, and I guess just a general sense of malaise among certain market sectors. Yeah, excuse me a second. My nose is bleeding from this roller coaster ride I've been on. And you're right. The Dow Jones has been a real emotional roller coaster ride. 7,000 points on the Dow is nothing to sneeze at. And so there's a lot of anxiety out there. And The average man in the street says, oh, my gosh, I lost X thousand dollars yesterday alone. I got to get out of this market. I got to go to the sidelines. And I want to caution our listeners that's the absolute wrong emotional move to make. We're wired to be emotional beings. And so the first reaction is, honey, I'm getting out. We're losing a lot of money. And it's not an unusual response to this kind of market. Our phones are ringing with lots of prospects saying, what are your thoughts about this market? The answer is always, when are you going to use the money? If the utility of the money is one, three, five years away, my normal response is, have you considered buying? We always historically come back from these corrections. And I'll call it a correction, whether you call it a bear market, whether you call it a recession. Lots of terms out there to give you more anxiety, but the reality of it is markets go up and markets go down. And how do you react to these kinds of markets is so critically important. How did you react to the 2008 debacle? 
How did you react to the 2001.com collapse? Here we are in 2022 with market conditions being deplorable. Craig, you touched on a couple of the war in Ukraine, inflation, energy costs are through the roof. Inflation is nine plus percent. Mortgage rates hitting seven percent. My gosh, just three or four months ago, they were two and a half percent. Treasury yields hitting four percent. So we're seeing a very strong pivoting market that heretofore we hadn't seen in years. We haven't seen inflation numbers like this in 40 years. We have to go back to the President Carter days. Probably many of our listeners weren't even around during that period to experience that kind of an environment. So what it means, I think, is you need to really take a good hard look at your portfolio and talk about sector rotation, getting out of one sector and moving into another sector. If you haven't done that in the last couple, three months, you have subscribed to what I call investing and forgetting. Shame on you. You've been having too much fun or working too hard or paying too much attention to other things, and your 401k has been decimated because you forgot to reallocate the different sectors. We are always moving to different sectors, but during this period, it is so critically important to diversify into other areas of the economy that we think will be more participative given the numbers we're living with today. Politically, we've got a midterm election, and in my view, that will be another point of axis of change. My thinking is if the Republicans take over the Senate or the House or both, Wall Street will love that kind of gridlock because there'll be a lot of beautiful speeches coming out of Washington. But guess what? Nothing will happen. The Dems and Republicans will not agree on much, and it'll roll right up the coast to Wall Street, and Wall Street will say, yay, the free, open capitalist system that made this country so great in just 250 years or so. We've skyrocketed past Europe, which has been around hundreds of years, and here we are with the level of affluence and the level of lifestyle that's the envy of the world. And it's because of the free, open capitalist system, in my view, and you don't have government putting encumbrances on local companies. And that's why we've been the magnet of new money coming into this country. And obviously, Silicon Valley has been the magnet for new entrepreneurial high-tech money, which in the last 25 years has been the main sector driving this economy and creating the level of affluence that we've all enjoyed. Without any surprises, refinancing is down considerably. You're not going to refinance your 3 or 4% mortgage to get a 7 That doesn't make sense. Mortgage people being laid off in the hundreds, or if not thousands, because there's just not the market. And I don't think this is going to turn around in the next 18 to 24 months. You don't go from 9% inflation down to 2 by next weekend. It's going to take a whole lot of supply-demand curing to get this country back in a growth mode. And certainly, Pat, part of the issue here in relationship to what the Fed has been trying to do in raising the overnight lending rate has been to try and slow down to kind of cool the afterburner, so to speak, of inflation. So far, we haven't seen many results yet. 
That takes us to the suggestion coming out of Janet Yellen's office that if things start to turn around, she may leave. If the economy continues to struggle, she has promised to stay. But, you know, it raises a number of other questions. Part of this, of course, is sort of just a normal cycle of the markets in relationship to what we've seen here of the frothiness almost a decade plus now. But the other issue is inflation, and I want to kind of drill down on that because there are undoubtedly some Americans that are feeling an awful lot of pain between the price at the grocery store, the pump, what's happening with the performance of their investments. But then they have to wonder, are we alone in all of this, or is the aspect of inflation something that's being felt across the globe? It certainly is a worldwide issue, but as the old adage says, if the U.S. sneezes, the rest of the world gets a cold. And so we're the big McGilla. We consume a huge amount of the global GDP, gross domestic product. I'm not sure if we should brag about that or complain about that, but it's reality. We are big consumers, and we're affluent enough to move the barometer on the inflation scale. And so it all starts here, pretty much. I mean, yeah, there are some influences. China is a giant economy. India is a giant economy. Europe, certainly. But with supply-demand issues lingering from COVID that may, in fact, cure itself in the next couple quarters here, given the slowdown in the world economy, I think we'll see some balance there in supply-demand issues as we move into 23. I don't think the chip shortage, for example, will persist beyond the first or second quarter of 23 because people are buying less cars and they're buying less computers. They're feeling less affluent. It's how you feel. It's not necessarily the numbers, but when you go to the store and, and you're seeing shrinkflation hitting you, smaller sizes and bigger prices of many, many products, and you're getting a 3% increase in your salary and cost of living is up 9%, it doesn't take a mathematical genius to figure out you're losing money and you can't afford what you used to be able to afford. And how about if you have an adjustable mortgage, you bought into that 1% or 2% adjustable, and now it's going to skyrocket to some more market-driven numbers. So there's always a delay, Craig. You talked about the market's reaction. The leading and lagging economic indicators instinctively provide that delay when legislation is passed or inflation numbers hit. always gets a little worse a quarter or two later because it takes a while for all those vital statistics to hit mom and pop listening to this show. And so we're tracking leading and lagging economic indicators. There's about 50 of them, and trust me, they're really boring stuff to monitor, but those are the elemental issues that we use in driving the direction of our portfolio. A leading or a lagging economic indicator may suggest a certain number, and it takes a quarter or two for it to finally hit the system, and so that's where we're drilling down, looking at those economic metrics that we track on a daily basis that really drives our portfolio asset mix and therefore our clients. Hopefully we've guessed right on the direction of the economy and we're dollar cost averaging just a little bit each day, biting off a little more of a certain sector and selling off a poor sector. So it's never 100% jumping into this sector or that sector, 100% going into cash or, or not cash. It's always that incremental dollar cost averaging of moving from sector to sector. It's analysis of the week's events and their impact on your financial life here on this edition of Don't Invest and Forget with Pat Vitucci. Pat, let's explore this inflation issue a bit deeper. Some folks have the impression that perhaps the pain we're feeling right now is exclusive to the United States. But is that necessarily true? 
I got to tell you, I'm I'm on a vacation slash business trip in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, which of course is a beautiful part of Mexico, and I got to talk about the economy here. I would be remiss in not sharing my reaction to the local economy. Puerto Vallarta is a beautiful city, as many of you know. You've you've been here, but interest rates, guess what, are twenty percent, two oh twenty percent. So our seven point one percent looks pretty darn attractive. And frankly, if it wasn't for the boomers moving down here, retiring, keep in mind, 10,000 boomers a day turn 65. And guess what? Many of them are from New York or Chicago or Montana, those cold weather states. And they want to trade their snow shovel in for a beach blanket and a beach umbrella. Enjoy the beach and fishing and whatever else you want to do in a warm weather climate. Lots of golf courses, of course. So... The migration to warm weather areas like Phoenix, like Texas, like Florida, like Mexico, like Ecuador, like Portugal. It's amazing. Americans are moving in droves to these areas that, A, have a lesser cost of living. We had dinner last night and a beautiful steak dinner. It was literally half the cost of what we would have in the Bay Area. By the way, this is not a commercial for Puerto Vallarta. I'm not selling timeshares down here in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, although it's very tempting because sales are robust as heck. Just to talk from the 30,000-foot point of view, good economies, bad economies, people retire or they're getting downsized. A lot of companies are downsizing, and if you're at that age where you, you can consider full retirement or come down here and do something else, it becomes a pretty attractive option. So the, the migration to warm weather areas will continue. Good markets, bad markets. Getting back to the States, Janet Yellen may in fact be the person to blame after these midterm elections. The administration always needs somebody to blame. And while she talked about inflation was transitory in the last six months, that was certainly a, a political um, misnomer. It was a cute way of trying to describe a horrendous period at the beginning of the inflation. But here we are six months later, and over 9% inflation can hardly be described as transitory. So we've got to look at the micro market that we all live in and then look at the macro view and take that 30,000-foot view. You know, Home Depot was up 5% recently. Netflix up 9%. Apple will continue to be the darling of Wall Street. Their Apple 14 is doing quite well. So lots of moving parts. It's always a potpourri of mixed signals, guys. I guess today is no different. They're just more radical kinds of numbers with 9.1% inflation, 7% mortgage rates, 4% treasury yields. These are some fundamentals you can't not ignore, and it has to affect your portfolio design, your portfolio allocation. So any listeners needing suggestions or advice or counsel to call our number for a free consultation, one plan wise We can meet in any one of our 14 Bay Area offices, have a Zoom call, a phone call, or meet in person. Be glad to give you uh, some of our thoughts on the direction of this economy. Pat, before we take a time out, is there a cautionary tale here that listeners need to be aware of? You spoke earlier about the notion of people fleeing to cash and locking in the losses or being paralyzed by the news and doing absolutely nothing. I guess there is a tertiary category, and that is people that start to look for sort of alternative investments that might be grossly risky 
up to and including perhaps even on a bit of the, shall we say, uh, shyster side. What is the cautionary tale here that that the average day-to-day investor who doesn't think a lot about this but opens the envelope at the end of the quarter and goes, oh, my goodness, what happened? What is the word of warning to that group? We're getting a lot of calls from listeners who are saying, should I buy gold? There's, there's such a heavy emphasis on precious metals. And i got to tell you, gold has been $1,800 an ounce for probably 15 years. I don't know. It's been a long time. It hasn't budged, really. A couple bucks up, a couple bucks down. So I want to caution listeners not to jump into that precious metals arena, thinking you're going to uh, avoid some of these issues. You want to be very careful not to go to cash. I mean, that's certainly the, the knee-jerk reaction. Oh, my God, I'm losing money. I'm putting all my money in cash. So you've now converted a paper loss to a real loss. Clearly, it's not an enviable position to take. Certainly, you want to reallocate to areas of the economy. As you come out of a recession, what are the sectors of the economy that will perform in a better way? And that's where it takes that deft touch to understand areas of the economy that participate more fully when we finally start to turn the corner and come out of this recession. And I think perhaps the midterm elections may be that pivot point. Again, if government gets more balanced from a two-party system, I think Wall Street will like that. And again, I think it will be perhaps a pivot point to begin to dollar-cost average back into the market. But stay tuned. We've got to see what the campaigners look like and what the prognosticators think about the results of the election. You know, Republicans just need to gain one net seat in the Senate, and that changes the whole complexion of the Senate. All 435 seats in the House of Representatives are up for grabs, and with inflation being the ugly issue on the table, the Democrats have a lot to campaign against and and a lot to sell the electorate on uh, keeping them in power if they're going to blame the uh, Democrats. It's always a blame game, and I'm not taking sides here. It happens to both parties. Midterm elections generally go against the resident of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But this could be different. Who knows? But when you hurt people's pocketbook, it generally is a bad sign for the incumbent party. So we're going to watch that carefully as we get closer to Election Day. And certainly at the end of the day, for all of us that are keeping a scorecard and trying to ascertain exactly what are these moves taking place between Washington, D.C., how is Wall Street reacting, ultimately what's the impact on both your own personal economy as well as certainly your retirement dollars. And if you say, gee, you know, I just can't figure all this out and I'm afraid of making the wrong move. Well, maybe it's time to take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review offered by any member of the Don't Invest and Forget advisory team. As Pat always points out, there's no cost or obligation in about an hour of your time, either by phone or in person or certainly even over the Internet. You get an opportunity to get a better understanding of where you're at today, clarify what your goals are, and then ascertain whether or not you're on the right track toward your goals for retirement. To take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review, once again, simply go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. While there, you can also take a look at a number of resources available at the don'tinvestandforget.com website. Alternately, if you'd like to call to schedule your appointment, that's easy too. Simply dial toll-free 888-PLANWISE, 888 888- 
P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. We'll take a brief time out back with more of the analysis of the events of the week and their impact on your financial life on this edition of Don'tInvestAndForget.com. Patucci says, Don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. Welcome back. I'm Pat Vitucci. Our special guest today, Robert Paglarini. Robert is the number one best-selling author of the six-day financial makeover, Transform Your Financial Life in Less Than a Week. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Pat. It's uh, great to be here with you. Give us a quick overview of the six-day financial makeover. What is that all about? The six-day financial makeover is really the nuts and bolts of what someone needs to do to really get control of their finances. And, and I know in working with many, many people from across the country that one of the biggest concerns and fears is that people just aren't sure what they should be doing financially. They don't know if they should be investing. They don't know what they should be investing in. They don't know if they have enough insurance or if they're doing the right things for retirement. It's just a lot of uncertainty. So the book, The Six-Day Financial Makeover, really tries to provide the bare bones, here's what you got to do in a step-by-step fashion. You read it, you implement it, and then for the most part, you kind of forget about it and you can go on and and live your life and and not get uh, trapped into always trying to make changes. Is this too difficult for the average person? Like eating an elephant, you just eat it one bite at a time, or is it so overwhelming people just kind of give up on it? I think you nailed it on the head right there. I think for the most part, when you start talking about their finances, when what they need to do, I mean, I've seen it before where their eyes start to glaze over. And and I understand that because it can seem really overwhelming. And when you're talking with someone, you can tone it down and you can go step by step. So in the book, I wanted to do the same thing. I wanted to approach this and say, listen, there's a lot of things that we need to do, but let's forget about that. And let's just focus on this one thing right now. And once we get that done, we can move on to the next little thing. Because I think this sense of feeling overwhelmed can really prevent people from really taking action. And and I don't want that to happen. Robert, in your book, you talk about setting goals as one of the first early decisions you've got to make in this financial makeover. If you can embellish on how you start that process. The first day of the six-day financial makeover is get the most from life. And I thought it was important to start there because if you jump into investing or if you jump into insurance or how to protect your assets, you kind of lose focus on why you're doing all those things. Why do people invest? Well, there's usually a goal in mind. They usually want to achieve something. They want to better their life. So get the most from life. Day number one is really tries to focus in on what is it that you want out of life? What do you want to own? Where do you want to travel? Who do you want to be? So part of that is identifying the areas in your life that are most important to you. Maybe family, relationships, religion, physical health, and really trying to establish what your goals are in each of those areas. Once you've established where you want to go, what it is you want to achieve, what these goals are that you have, now all of a sudden you have a reason. There's a purpose to invest and there's a purpose to really getting control of your finances. And I found, and again, working with clients, is that if the reason is strong enough, if the purpose is strong enough for you, then you'll do whatever it takes to get there. So we start there, we get that passion back. And then once we have that passion, then we jump into, all right, now we know what we want. How do we get there? 
You've been called a financial bodyguard, a financial motivator. Are those titles that you're uh, proud of, Robert? What do you think of those? What do you think of those titles? <laughs> They're funny titles, and uh, clients have come up with those. And at first, I didn't quite understand what they meant, and I didn't know if they were giving me a compliment or not. But I think they are a compliment. The financial motivator part, I think, is because I get excited about my clients' lives, and because I want them to be excited about them. And so often. People come in and they're just not sure what they want to do. So I help them really get crystal clear on what it is that they want out of life. Once they understand what they want, all right, now let's develop a plan to get it. Let's, you want to travel around the world in three years? Great. I'm all for it. Let's see what we can do to make that a reality. I just love helping other people obtain their goals. For that, I guess it's a, I'm a financial motivator. You're a road builder. You build a roadmap. Absolutely. Build the roadmap and are sort of sitting by their side and, and helping them navigate which roads to take. You know, sometimes there are roadblocks, there are potholes, there are things that come up that are unexpected, might sort of derail someone's plans at those times where, where you need some support, you need some guidance, you need to be able to turn to someone and say, all right, you know, what should I do here? Should I continue or, or is there a better strategy we should take? And, you know, that, that's what we're all about. Robert, you enjoyed a wonderful time on 2020. Talk to our listeners about that whole experience and the couple you were able to help on there. Well, that was just a, an amazing experience earlier this year. Uh, I was invited on to 2020 because they had a family who was, who was really in some serious financial difficulty. They were in a situation, and uh, you know, I'm starting to see this more and more. They lived their lives very frugally. In other words, they didn't go out and buy a lot of new clothes. They didn't drive top-of-the-line cars. They didn't do a lot of the things that one might expect for someone to be in financial trouble. But what they did on the small things, they did everything right. But they made some, let's say, not-so-good decisions when it came to the big decisions. They bought some timeshares. They bought a rental house. I think they sort of got caught up in the hype of, oh, you know, we, we need to own real estate because everyone else is, and, and I'm reading about it a lot. It's a great way to make money. And, you know, real estate can be a great way to make money, but you have to do it strategically. And in their case, it just their investments and their decisions didn't work out very well for them. So they were in a pretty bad situation, a lot of credit card debt. They had some properties that they owed money on that they weren't able to pay off. They had these negative AM loans where basically they weren't even paying the minimum on them. So they were really in a tough situation. So I, I went on the show and, and worked with them. And in fact, I'm actually still working with them. I still talk to them almost every week and I'm still trying to guide them to, to get out of the situation that they're in. There are, I guess, a lot of folks out there that we all have blemishes. We've made some financially stupid decisions. They seem right at the time and market conditions were perfect, whether it's a real estate acquisition or something else. And then the market turns on you and interest rates change on you and maybe your health conditions change on you or your children need help or mom or dad need help, which are higher priorities for the direction of some of those monies. And, and that certainly can throw a monkey wrench into what seemed to be a perfectly good investment idea. I mean, lots of those things come at us at one time in some cases. So true. I, I mean, I, I see that pretty often. Bad things happen to good people all the time. And, and a lot of times you can try to set yourself up and be prepared for those things. But some things are going to come at you that you've never even thought of that can sort of derail your finances. And of course, I've made dumb, dumb financial decisions before. And you know what? 
I'll probably make dumb decisions in the future. With a little bit of help, with a little bit of guidance, maybe the goal is to make fewer dumb decisions. My special guest today, Robert Paglarini. Robert is number one best-selling author, The Six-Day Financial Makeover. Robert, you talk in your book about the cash flow quiz. If you can embellish for our listeners about what that's all about. Cash flow quiz. It's a fun quiz to take, and sometimes the the result can be surprising. Because at the end of the day, you're either in one of three positions. You're either getting ahead every month, which means you're saving. Maybe you're putting money in your 401k. You're putting some money in an emergency reserve. That means you're getting ahead. When you go to work and you come home at the end of the day, you've advanced, you've saved some money. So that's one outcome. Another outcome is you're just getting by, meaning you're making some money, but you're pretty much spending the money. At the end of the month, you really don't have any extra money to save or to invest. So when you go to work and you come home at the end of the day, you're just basically surviving at that point. And then the third and final option is you're getting behind every month. At the end of the month, you have a few more expenses that need to be paid, but you just don't have the income. In working with a lot of people, I've found that there are far too many people in the getting by and getting behind camp. The six-day financial makeover really tries to shift you from getting behind or just getting by to, to getting ahead. The goal of the book is to look at your current resources, look at your current income and say, okay, this is what I'm making. This is really what I want to do with my life. How can I get the most? How can I extract the most bang for my buck from what I'm earning with, with these current resources? So that's what we do with the, the cash flow quiz. It will help you identify if you are getting ahead or getting behind or getting by every month. My special guest today is Robert Paglarini. Robert is the author of the best-selling book, Six-Day Financial Makeover. We're talking about folks who are either in financial trouble or certainly have a good financial background and need some structure, need a roadmap on how to get from point A to point B. Do they want to retire in the next six months, in the next six years? There needs to be a game plan established for that. You know, Robert, we have read almost every day All the politicians talk about or the talking heads on the 6 o'clock news is about our pathetically poor savings rate. What's the right amount of money we should be saving? If we're saving zero or we're saving negative, which is, I guess, the average or median number, what's the right number for uh, most of us? That's a great, great question. And you're right. You, You do hear about it all the time. I think 2006, we actually had a negative savings rate, which means that we actually spent more money than we earned. So that right there, I mean, that that's unacceptable. We can't keep doing doing that. So to answer your question, how much should we be saving? That all depends on what your goals are. If if you want to retire and you want to live on something other than Social Security, it's really our obligation to start saving for ourselves. Or if we want to buy a new car or buy a new house in a few years, or we really need to take a very close look at what our income is and then figure out how we can get the most from that. I recommend saving half of your age. So what do I mean by that? If you're 20 years old, my goal for you would be to save 10% of your income. If you're 30, you're going to save 15% of your income. And the advantage in doing it that way is that when you're younger and not making as much, you're saving less, but you're starting early. And as you get older and making more, then you're actually going to be saving more. And if you do that, if you follow that pretty simple formula for retirement for yourself. So the next big scary thing I want to talk about, I think it's incumbent upon us to at least have a discussion about it. Well, the healthcare issue in America for retirees is something that almost 
always today is born by the retiree. You've got to carry that yourself. That coupled with the big question of long-term care insurance, nursing home insurance, no one even wants to approach that topic. But the reality of it is, as you well know, Robert, one in two of us will spend some time in a nursing home in our lifetime. How do you address those needs? That is such a terrific question and one that, although no one wants to ask it, it really needs to be answered. In the six-day financial makeover, I actually have an entire chapter dedicated to long-term care planning. There are a number of ways to to plan for long-term care. One is to do absolutely nothing and to hope that you don't have a long-term care event where you need some sort of care. That's probably not appropriate because, like you said, your stat was one in two of us will experience some time in a long-term care facility. I'm telling you, the long-term care is extremely expensive. And it's getting more and more so. So even if you spend three months, six months, a year, that can really decimate someone's finance. So there's got to be some sort of a plan in place where if you have a long-term care event and you need some care, that you've got some assets to pay for it. A lot of people choose to self-fund it. And I think if you have more than four or 500000 in assets, you can choose that option. But for most of us, I would recommend long-term care insurance. It can be expensive if you get a policy or you start looking at policies when you're in your 50s. The annual premiums don't have to add up to that much. And what you're buying is is really some peace of mind because if you need long-term care, this policy will kick in. It'll pay the benefits. It'll pay for your care. And it won't wipe out your own finances. There's a tip-over point. When you have a certain amount of critical mass dollars, whether it's 500000 or a million or $2 million, there's some decision, I guess, to say, okay, I'm going to make the decision not to buy this expensive long-term care insurance and make the decision to self-fund. In the event one or two of us get subject to a nursing home, we'll still be able to make it from the dividends and income we can draw from our investments. Is that an okay way to kind of back into and cover the long-term care issue? The rule of thumb out there, and of course, it depends on your own situation, but if you have under two hundred or 300000 in assets, then you can basically sort of have Medicaid pay the bill. If you have more than $3 million or so, then you might want to self-fund and pay the, the bills yourself. But if you're in that middle range, anywhere between 300000 to $3 million in assets, that's the perfect range for needing long-term care insurance. We buy insurance for our cars, for our houses, for our health. Why not buy it for a long-term care event? which potentially could be a much bigger exposure than any of those other things that you just mentioned. Oh, huge. I mean, the numbers are just staggering for long-term care. It can definitely just wipe out someone's cash in the bank very quickly. And the games people used to play, and I know the government has buttoned up on this, mom or dad have a couple million dollars, and they give away their money to their kids, so they look destitute on paper, and then they qualify for Medicaid or some other government program. The government has cracked down on that. You can't be a millionaire this week and broke next week. That's exactly right. I mean, there are a couple of problems in doing that. One, they now look back and they say, all right, who have you given money away to? If you've started giving money away and now you're claiming that you're broke, well, there's a problem there. We're actually going to count those assets that you gave away as part of your ability to fund your own long-term care. And so what you've effectively done is given away your money and now you can't pay for your long-term care. Government says, you gave your money away, we're not going to pay for your care. My special guest today, Robert Paglarini. Robert is the author of The Six-Day Financial Makeover. Any questions? Questions, call us personally at 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or go to our website, don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com.
Robert, I enjoyed our session today, and I'm sure our audience is going to have a lot of questions, so uh, we'll look forward to their questions coming in. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me, Pat. It's been a real pleasure. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program, or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Atucci & Associates near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci & Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci & Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci & Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.